pray. Let's pray. And, and I want to share with you a couple thoughts, and we'll take communion together. Um, Father, just again, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for how you, you single one of us in the room at different moments and times. And God, I pray for a grace to, to share what you put on my heart. I pray to actually discover something about your love and your goodness. Um, and God, more than anything, we're just super grateful that you are with us in every step of the way. So God, cover over us. Give the listeners ears that would hear. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, like last week, I just decided to take a break from we'll be back in the book of Revelation. Um, so I wanted to be a little more the, the pastor guy this morning. Say, Pastor James. Say, Pastor, come on, just... Yeah, I just wanted to be, I wanted to just share some thoughts. Now, what's wild is I had this whole um, thing planned out for this morning, and last night I was shopping. Um, you guys know that Winco can be church? <laughs> so I went to go shopping, and God starts speaking to me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is pretty remarkable. It's just a little insight, and I'm going to share it with you this morning. Hopefully it's encouraging to you as well, um, but I didn't think it a small insight, particularly with some of the things that I'm grappling with just in the journey that I'm in. Now, my journey is not different than yours. You guys all understand that, right? That, that maybe it might be different than yours, but we all deal with life, don't we? And life can be what? Hard, challenging sometimes. And sometimes grabbing a hold of God and windows, well, can be. So I want to share with you just a couple thoughts. I want to talk to you real quickly about the Word and the Spirit. Um, this is not intended to be some deep study, so say, Pastor's not going to be deep this morning, but the nugget, I hope it speaks to you. So, um, you know, when, when we look at the Word, a lot of times, um, as I say that to you, when I say the Word of God, most all of you would hold up your Bible and say, this is what I'm talking about. Okay, I want to be really clear. This is not... See, in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the word was with God, and the Word was God. Was he talking about the Bible? He was talking about the Christ. He's talking about Jesus. So when I talk about the Word this morning, I'm talking about now. Now the book reveals the Savior. Amen. This book reveals Jesus. Book is about Jesus. Guys, you guys are killing me right now. Hello. This book is about. This book is about Jesus. So the the book reveals Jesus. But listen, Jesus also reveals the book. Like you discover God when you start to get into the Word. Like I'm studying the Word. But really what I'm saying to you, this into what God is up to. Dial in to Jesus. This idea of word is the word logos. It's, it's a statement or that which embodies a concept or an idea. So when God is saying the word, he's not speaking to a book. He's speaking to a character. He's speaking to a nature. He's speaking to the Son of God. When you talk about this, verse 2, it goes on. It says, he was in Jesus. So Jesus was, so when God brewed over the seas, who was part of creation? You know, there's a lot right now. One's hermeneutics, the other one's Christian theology. I'm just finishing my graduate work. I don't know why I'm doing it so late, but I'm doing it. And, and so I'm reading all about when Jesus showed up on the scene. And Jesus announced the second person of the Godhead, and that he's eternal, just like the Father. You should disregard, by the way, but... This is saying that Jesus was in the beginning, and all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being. So Jesus is the Jesus Christ, because he's a God who is a God of presence. So when I was a kid, um, I was afraid of the dark. Anybody else afraid of the dark? I'm still afraid of the dark. Anybody in the room, like, you know, you sleep with the night light. Well, when I was, like... 
12 of us, there's 12 siblings. I'm the baby of 12 kids, so it's always commotion. So, but, but I just, you know what made darkness better? Someone else. It was someone else. Mentality for me was this, like, at least if a monster's going to eat us, he's going to eat both of us. You know, I won't be alone. <laughs> but the reality is this, God knew that we needed presence. He knew that. He, listen, he knows that I need that you need it. He knows that you need a tangible expression of God's, like, presence around you. And a lot of times we, we talk about God we, we last week that as Westerners, we are very cerebral about our approach to God, but we're not very spiritual. Because that, Hebraic thought, Near Eastern culture thought, that's a, a spiritual thought. That's somebody who says, we understand that God is worshiping in spirit and in truth. So there's something of this element that I'm trying to kind of push you forward into. Later in that chapter, Jesus says this, and this is verse, as the word became flesh, in other words, Jesus took on the form of a body, and he dwelt among us. He tabernacled. And when we saw his glory, glory is the only begotten full of grace and truth. So Jesus comes on the scene, and he shows us the way of God. Well, we know the story. If you've been in church for any period of time, like I see this few ways, so maybe you don't know the Jesus story. So the Jesus story is this. He comes as the son of God to redeem mankind. And when he's on the earth, he's known for this. He does things that are just way out of the ordinary, like he heals people on water. He says, if you've seen the Father, you see me. If you see me, I and the Father are, we're one. We're the same. Which, by the way, when Jesus him for declaring that he was God. So a lot of people say Jesus never said he was God. You need to read your Bible. Because the way he was wise with how he said he was God, but he said it often. I mean, in the book of John alone, I'm the bread of life. I'm the way, the truth, the life. I'm the door. I'm the gate. I'm the gate. I'm the present one. Now, the bummer with Jesus being present, this whole sacrifice thing for us, right? Now, we all know this. If you're a Christian for any period of time, Jesus goes to the cross for what purpose? For us to die. If our sins dies, he gets stuck into a tomb, which incidentally, I've been to Israel, the tomb that's presumed to be, it's remarkable. It's really, really cool. Actually, I would say this. The, the, garden, the garden tomb in Israel was the, the heaviest sense of the presence of God I've ever felt anywhere on the planet. Felt anything like that. There, it was almost surreal, this sense of, I conquered death right here. And at Golgotha, and then just around the corner, is the, it's just really remarkable. So Jesus dies. He gets put into the tomb. He resurrects. He conquers. the problem with presence. Jesus, which means he's not here anymore. See, but we still need what? We still need presence, don't we? Listen, I'm trying to draw you. Some of you are like, this is one of those sketchy, filthy messages. I'm trying to draw you with God as opposed to a cerebral one. You need to know that when you sing out, God is present. When you rub the sleep out of your eyes, you go downstairs and make coffee, he's with you. Never leaves you, never forsakes you. Jesus leaves the scene. What does Jesus say? This is John chapter 14, and this is no longer present. He says, but listen, if I'm going to leave, and he's going to give you another helper, a parakaleo, one to come alongside and aid, that he may be with you. Wow, that's good, isn't it? There is nothing ever where God is not with you forever. Nothing. Come on, let, let's just can we be real for a second. Felt alone. Like God, how many of you have ever felt? How many of you have ever felt like He doesn't listen to my prayers? I read this book, but it doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I, I want some. I don't think God likes me as much as He likes 
you. You remember the years of being a pastor? I, I don't think, like, you always say, Pastor, you're his favorite. I am, by the way. And incidentally, God has a lot of favorites because you're his favorite as well. Not, not just me. He has a lot of favorites. But you know, I'm that even in those moments, he's just where he could ever be. He's not. He never leaves. He never forsakes. He's always present. He, he goes on in, in verse 17 of that, that very, so he says, I'm with you forever. He says, that is the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive. So if you're not a Christian, he wants to be this, able to be this for you. They can't receive it because it does not see him or even know him, but, but you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. So, so the helper comes, he abides, he remains, he stays, he's present. He's not only with you, but he's in you. So, so and it was saying something about church. And I thought, you know, come, come inside this house, I think is the words we were singing. And, and then I, I was so happy when Santa said, that's not this room. That's not this room. The house says who? Say am. Come on. I am. I'm the house. I'm the temple of God. So the God, God, the spirit of God takes up residence in you. Listen, this is, some of you say, I'm going to challenge that by saying this. You probably do. You just haven't trained your ears to hear how he talks. Like, like, I, I know this will sound so weird. Like, when I hear God, he sounds like my dad. By the way, I had a wonderful my dad with Jesus has been for a lot of years. But a lot of times when God speaks to me, it's that. Another way that I hear God's voice when he speaks to me is, is it's, it's very calming. It's very soothing. Sometimes it's very still. I want to be really clear. When I hear his voice, it's not like, like if I'm talking to Steve right now, it isn't like that. I think I've only heard God audibly one time in my life. Usually it's an inner knowing and it's contrary. Let's say somebody say contrary. To the way that I normally think. Like, I'll be like, man, this stinks. This is terrible. And all of a sudden, it's like, you, you have opportunity. I have opportunity. This stinks. And it's like, not. I go, okay, wait, wait. I know that voice that's correcting the way that I'm seeing something wrong. And he's trying to help me to listen to him right now. See, listen, you're probably hearing his voice. You're not trusting it because you're not familiar with it. But he lives in you. You're the example. And God needs to understand that. He doesn't ever stop talking. Listen, some of you are in things that your mother shouldn't know about. I'm just saying. She shouldn't. And when you're going to do it, you have that sense like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Can I help you? That, that's God. That's actually how he talks. You're about to flip open a computer and look at something you shouldn't. You're just like, no, I'm close it. I'll forget it. I'm just going to go party with the boys. I'll forget it. I'm just going to go do that. I'm go do she treated me. And you get that check. That is actually how God speaks. Don't, don't do that. Like, trying to, oh, I feel like I need to park on this second. This is in my notes, so for whatever worth, this is free. He's trying to protect you from hurting yourself, and he's trying to protect you from hurting others around you. When we choose to live in sin, the way is of sin, see, one thing about God is you can never violate his truth and come out the other side of it going, ha, I got away with it. Can I help you with something? He never forgets. He never forgets. You never, quote, unquote, like, God is really merciful. Please don't misunderstand me. But God will always call to account the areas we missed. Not because he wants to whoop on you, but because he wants to say that I have a better life than that. I want you to walk in freedom. I want you to walk in wholeness. Okay, I'm done 
picking on a few of you. I don't think that was for everybody, but it was for a few. In my world right now, this journey's been crazy. You know, I don't want to talk a lot about the details of what's going on with me. You guys know that I'm dealing with a, a thing, and he's been really faithful. But the overwhelming support that I've received from, from you, like, sometimes I feel bad because I can't respond to how many texts I get for you this morning. People send me songs. They send me scriptures. And it's and they're just, just the general sense of encouragement. And, and I, love that, I love that as a church together. Like, as I look around saying that, I see people's heads shaking. Like, because I know I've walked through difficult stuff together, and we've also done wonderful things together as well. So the body of Christ is designed to do that together. And, you know, I heard this story. Oh, I thought it was really funny. So this little girl has a nightmare. How many of you guys have kids? Kids? Ever had your kid have a nightmare? And then, don't leave, Mom. Or don't leave, Dad, you. You know, whatever it is. They don't want to be alone. And so the, the, the mom is sitting with this little girl, and the girl's like, it was, it was me. And the, and the mom's now getting tired again. She's like, oh, goodness. Okay, honey, it's probably time for you to go back to sleep in the baby. She's like, don't leave. You're never alone because Jesus is with you. The little kid goes, yeah, but I need somebody with some skin on right now. <laughs> Listen. Say, say this. I the person with skin on. See, when you come along, some come the presence of the living God. I mean, you're not God. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But you become an agent where God brings peace. You know, Jeff called me last night. He was part of my Winco experience, having church in Winco. And he's like, brother, how you doing? I said, up, down. I said, spiritually, physically, good. Good day, really good day. I said, emotionally, kind of up and down, if I'm honest. Like, better up, down. Some days you, you just get, like, it's so much information, so much information. And so I, I'm like, yeah, so it's a lot to process. And, and so I started to just share with him some of what, what I felt like God was showing me. Like, if I'm honest, it was a little bit of a trial run because I was trying to figure out, should I share it with you? So, but I didn't. You know, we, we have, it'll probably take me a few minutes and we'll take communion. Um, but, but again, I wanted to talk to you about the word, and the word is not the body. I wanted to talk to you about the spirit, because when Jesus died, went into the grave, resurrected in his us, the Holy Spirit. So the word is with you, the spirit indwells you, and the expression of our hearts, the response should be of worship. That's what should flow from this sort of interaction. With In Romans chapter 1, this is a memory verse for many of you, I urge you, Brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice, which is acceptable to God, watch, which is your spiritual service. Do you realize that what God does for us, there's almost like a response that should command worship. So when you talk about worship, it means to render what's due, to serve, to offer worship. Really about this, it's assigning worth to something. Anything that you value, you have the potential to, to worship. Worship should be directed to who? But if we're honest, we have areas in our lives that we probably worship that we're not supposed to worship. But So the first, to establish worth or to offer worth, and then the idea of ship is actually the state of. So it means to be in a state of worship is what it means. So, so let me use a different word. What about if I said to you, are you in a relationship? That would mean you're lading. Or if you were in fellowship, that means you'd be in a state of friendship. That's all it means. So when you're talking about worship, it means you're in a state of God. He's worthy or he's worth value or honor. That's, that's what worship 
battle in our lives for worship. Somebody please say amen to that. They're going to capture your devotion, your attention, your priorities, your, your first places in your life. There's always, for some of you, it's work. For some of you, it's a boy. For some of you, it's girl. For some of you, it's success. For some of you, it's your job, education. There's lots of things that you can put into this bucket of things that should not be for maybe inadvertently worship and not live evil. Worship is not like a reckless living. No, it could just be, I love success. I love that I'm fit. I'm not, but anyways. <laughs> it could be any of those things that you're piling into that bucket where, listen, only God belongs. The response is that we should play where he belongs. So the question is, is Jesus in a state of worth to you? Are you positioning him as, listen, the most valuable thing in your life? Yeah. Listen, for some of us, we'd be like, yes. For others, you'd be like, eh, on Sunday mornings when I'm with you, Pastor, sure. When my mom bugs me. <laughs> Lots of ways that we might say yes to that. But the reality is, is God wants to be imminent first, preeminent, and I'll be the first place. And the challenge is that there's always something contending for your worship. The fall of Satan was, I want to be like God. I want everybody to worship me. No, that can't happen. And he gets booted out of heaven. And those of you who know the Bible story know that a third of the angels went with him when that happened. So I believe it was yesterday, maybe the day before. My sister said, hey, I was praying for you. And she, incidentally, she said, she was coming later, but I don't care. I'm still going to give some credit right now. She said, I, I have a word for you. And she goes, and I don't want it to be misunderstood. And it was very short. Like, it's not, not real long. She said, your journey is all about perspective. Listen, your journey is all about perspective. It's all about what you see and how you see it. And can I be really honest with you guys? I'm not very good at what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not. I, I would like, like, you're like, but you're the pastor. Yeah, and I'm human. I put my pants on just like you did today. It's not always easy to do what we're talking about. So this is not something I do really. But she said, it is about perspective. She said, that means, I said, it, it does, actually. And then she said, and I really feel like God is saying, this would go to him, not for you to pull him to you. And I went, yeah, that's actually really convicting, and it's accurate. Because most of my prayer, and this is probably true for many of you, is, hey, God, I'm in trouble. Why don't you come to me and help? Anybody else praying? That? By the way, that's not a bad prayer, incidentally. I don't want to at all think, I don't want to do this. I thought somebody sang a song, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, I thought that I was supposed to like, it's wrong. I'm talking about your, are you checking what God is doing and speaking in that, that presence, relational? What's Jesus up to in me? And it made me think, okay, so I can think about this whole situation. That's the way that keep me out of this craziness. Or I can say, God, I want to follow you into whatever it is. I want to take an attitude of heart that is through the valley of the shadow of death. You are with me. You're with me. So, so I, some of what I'm going to share, I hope, is a little bit of a knowledge. Maybe it's something you're going to put in your pocket for when something difficult happens. But I think that while and no, I haven't given it to you yet. So you got to hang out. But I'm not sure if you've ever really thought about this. 
first thing is this. I just, I've already said this. There's a constant battle for your worship. But I don't know if you've ever thought about this. Fear your worship. I don't know if you've really thought about it. Fear your worship. So let me give a few examples. If you fear it, you'll put value for like, well, you don't ever want to be broke. Maybe you grew up broke. And so your drive for success is so over the top because you're up broke. Do you realize your drive for success is actually worshiping success, not God who brings success? I can give, I'm going to give a few more examples, but that is an example of what I'm talking about. That, By the way, is it wrong to be successful? No. no. It's a priority thing. You, get, you understand what I'm saying? This is not like many times. Most of the things that Christians struggle with are not evil. Like most of you, when you leave this room, you go throughout the week, you're not doing things that you're going to go to jail for. Most of you are not doing that. Some of you might be, but I want you to pretend, but I'm just saying, most of you are not doing, most of you are doing things that are just a little off. One degree. It's just one degree. But one degree up miles down the road is 15 degrees, and five miles down the road is 40 degrees, and the further you go, the further you are off track. It's important that we capture those moments that are just little skews, because like I said, most of what we're doing is evil. It's just misrotizing. We're, we're putting something in front of who God is. Whatever you fear, you'll worship. See, I know this for sure. Most people fear being rejected. Come on. Listen. Look at social media measured by. Likes. How many people watched your vid? Snapchat. How many people liked it? Who liked it? Ooh, that cute my daughter. Yeah. That cute boy like I'm like, you can't, girlfriend, come on. Yeah. We do everything based off of how many likes we get, how many views we get, how many hits we get. And God forbid that somebody writes a comment that might be negative. Man, now we're scrambling because we don't want to be misunderstood and we don't want to be mis. What if they don't like me? And they're more popular. And so if they say something negative than other people, we just fear. So you know what you do when you fear being rejected? You compromise everything to be accepted. Okay. Now, here's the second principle. Listen, this is really important. The devil will always and only tempt you in something you already possess from God. Let's say it again. The devil will only tempt you in something you already possess. Watch. Are you accepted by God? Like, are the no, there aren't any conditions. Do we have conditions? So anything that you are tempted in is always something you already possess. Come on, even the garden. Don't you want? Come on, Steve, just one bite. You'll be just like God. Come on, just one, just like Him. Wait, wait. If I study the scriptures right, in our image and in our likeness. She already was like God. Like, I'm hoping this is so much of what we battle for are things that we already possess. It's stuff that God has already. You don't have to battle for it. You have to live in it. You just have to receive it. You have to allow this and that infilling of the spirit to well up in you so that you're like, I'm good. I'm good with God. I mean, this will sound almost presumptuous. And I don't mean it to sound that way at all. But when I'm having the church and I'm walking, I'm like going to pick up the yogurt and I'm like, wow. And I hear the Lord clear as day say to me, you're healed. 
I go, okay, I'm healed. So the way I want to hear that is, I'm healed. No more. No, I don't have to go. That's one. This is the greatest news ever. Thank you, Jesus. That's, I'm like walking in the store like this is the best ever. And then he says this to me. You were healed January 6th. That's when you were healed. And so I'm like, okay, well, that puts a different perspective on it. The fullness of who I become in heaven is whole. No, no tears, no suffering, no pain, no sorrow. Man, I, I don't live in a valley. Are you afraid this could go bad? I said, no, I know who I trusted in. I'm not afraid of that at all. I just don't think God is done with me. I ought to bug you guys for a few more years. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you get them from a game post in the game. And like what Liz was saying when she was sharing her testimony, she said, man, a lot of us are getting hit. And I don't think that's an accident. Christine, many of you know who Christine is. We were talking and she said, I'm really angry right now. She goes, because there's a lot of people I love who are really getting hit right now. And, the, and it's serious stuff. It's scary stuff. It's life and death stuff. And it's other stuff. It's finances and other things. And, you know, and my journey's not just, like all of you. If I were to go around the room and say, what was hard for you? You can give me two or three things this year. What was hard for you? You could get, I could do that all the way around the room. And every single person in this house would be able to say, yeah, I, I've had some difficulties. Please understand, I'm, I'm not talking about me just using my life as an illustration because I know me better than any of you. Is that fair? I can tell my journey, I can tell how God has shown me, and, and I like to be able to share that with transparency and vulnerability um, so that maybe you can grab something. Um, so I'm going to, believe it or not, bring this to a close. I only have a couple more thoughts, and then, and then Santosh will come up and lead us in a little bit of worship, and we'll take communion together. So again, using me as an illustration. Um, before we do that, though, I, I want to pause and I want permission to just say a quick prayer. And the quick prayer is for me and for you as well. I, I think some of what I'm going to encourage you in, I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to encourage you with the thing that you might be dealing with. So if you would give me the permission. Um, Father, I, I just want to ask that you would uh, release your Holy Spirit over us right now. The, the spirit of truth, the spirit of conviction spirit of righteousness, the spirit who can make um, yeah, the craziest things clear. So God, as I, as I share some of the things that you are encouraging my heart with, I just pray that their hearts as well as the testimony to break the, the works of darkness and the, the power of darkness. Amen. You saw some of the journey that I'm in as an illustration and and I try not to talk a lot about things that I'm in the middle of because I'm not through them yet. And I don't want to present it as you started the journey that I don't necessarily have a conclusion on. Any one time it's wise for you not to share anything for two or three years because you really don't know what God's up to. I agree with that, and I actually try to practice that most times. Um, this I thought was compelling enough just to share a couple of them. Um, so the devil is contending for your worship. He will only tempt you in areas of victory things that God has already given to you. Like some of you may be in marriages where you're struggling. You're like, man, if I just had that other woman, uh-uh. If I just had that other man, uh-uh. If I had this situation, that family, these kids, whatever. I don't know what your pressure is. Trust me. If you went over there, it'd be messed up because you're there. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you that's just real. That, that's kind of how things work. So... I want to share with you 
maybe it'll help some of you guys. Um, I fear being in pain. I'm not afraid to die. I really am not. Like, I know, like, that doesn't mean I want to. Please understand. Like, I, like, I feel like one of the guys dies of a massive heart attack and the other guy goes, oh, lucky sucker, or something like that because he died quick. You know, I, I don't, I, that's just, I, I'm good to go to heaven. Like, you know, I'm not really afraid of death, I'm a, but I am afraid of pain. So I found myself really grappling with this idea of, of worship, watch, and I'm spiritualizing it. So if you're on our prayer chain, you know that the number one thing I put on every one of them is pray for a miracle. If I don't get a miracle, then here's how else to pray. But every one of them, the very first thing I say is pray that when I go for the MRI tomorrow at 1.30, that they find nothing. That's what I want. Now, I, I like that prayer. You know why I like that prayer? Because I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> nothing. There's no pain. There's no like, hey, there might be these things or these side effects. Or, you know, I, I went and saw an oncologist. She's like, oh, you're having surgery. I'm like, no, no, I'm what's going on in me. So I need, I need a second opinion. So y'all need to pray that I get a second opinion because they tell me I should get a second opinion. That seems like it, there's some natural wisdom in there. But is that what Jesus is doing in me right now? Oh, I don't know. Because when I say, so really, you're trying to buy enough time to maybe give me enough space to do something? Church, I'm like, got to get either the little jar of bread. She can eat regular bread. No. <laughs> but I found myself bartering my time. Am I telling on anybody right now? I found myself bartering to get what I wanted versus the encouragement my sister gave me, which you need to go where Jesus is and do that. Rescue me, please, God. Not a bad prayer. It's all the time. I mean, he was mean about it, like snuff out my enemies, you know, gouge their eyes out. I'm just with heart. I don't, I'm afraid of pain. I'm afraid of, I don't want to be in pain. And so I'm going from the, the bread to the tortillas. And he said, so you, so you worship this is a real conversation. I'm telling you the real conversation I had with God last night in Winnipeg. They're all really pixel on. And I'm like, I worship painlessly. Yes, I do. I do. I do. God, I'm sorry. That, that was where, it, that's immediately where it went for me. I, I, I have been live. I live by faith with hope in the Son of God. So, Whatever God chooses to journey me through, and, you know, listen, I don't think it's a wrong prayer to say I don't want to go through any of that. I'm human just like you are. I think it's a wrong prayer when I start to like, like the, the scriptures say that God is not slow. You mean to tell me God ain't got a watch? No concern of my heart, the guy who created me, the guy who created you, the guy who knows the thoughts, listen, that you think before you even think them. Well, I used to have, and that I still have. He knows. He knows everything. I like. Like I like. I found myself in Winco going. Can this be a place of worship? You know, like you're kind of holding back tears. Really grateful, and you're that God is so intricately involved in how I'm wired that He's willing to talk to me with what I'm grappling with. Now, please don't miss this. Exactly the same thing for many of you. You know, when Dennis came, Dennis said, I'm going to produce the heart of a father in you. And I went, 
I already kind of think I'm that way. And then I started really thinking, what if I treated everybody like I do my own children? We're going to go back into my week. No, no, it was my, minor, but she still backed into it. And, and I, I like, was trying to stop her. I, saw, I watched it happen in slow motion. You know the slow motion? You watch it. And go, oh, that ain't going to go over good. I'm like, wow. Michael's pretty chill, though. He's like not. But she gets out of the car, and, and I just walked up to her, and I hugged her. I just said, honey, cars can be fixed. Not a big deal. She's like, Dad, I didn't. I go, it's just a car. It's just a car. What if we actually loved each other that way? You know, I... I, I don't like the journey. But you get what I'm saying? But I like the presence of God in the journey. And listen, I think many of you say this more strongly. I, I don't want to say I think many of you. I'm confident in our life that God is trying to get us to see him first. In. Let me say it like that. And listen, for no other reason than he wants you to walk in freedom and confidence as you do life. Listen to stuff like, what's my next step in life? You know, education, profession. Like, you're in that. What do I do with my kids? I want them all gone. Boom. You know, but you're trying to help them make decisions for education and direction. All of our kids are in spots that are launching spots. And you're trying to help them make good decisions, God-honoring decisions, things that they'll love. You know, and, and those aren't bad things, but I don't know what your situations are. Maybe you're further along and it's, you know, stuff with health. Stuff with finance. And God is saying, listen, what is it that you're worshiping in place of me? Is it, is it painlessness? Is it money? Is it success? Is, is it grief? Is it loss? You know, because when I started making my list, my list got kind of longer than I wanted it to. And he started showing me, I'll say this, and I'm going to invite Sam, Santosh to come up. <laughs> So the, the number one compliment I get from is we love how transparent you are and how vulnerable you are. I mean, even this moment, I'm, I think I'm being pretty. And I even had to pray about whether or not I should do this because of what I'm about to say. So I'm like, yeah, vulnerability, transparency, what a great trait to be a pastor, right? Then that sound like a good trait. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty cool. So I tried to do that really well about all this, like, and, and he said, you know, sometimes vulnerability. I'm just telling you straight up, like, when, when I say to you guys, spiritually, I'm doing great. Man, that's how intimate God is. Do I want the, like, in it? But I love that honesty. Like, when you're vulnerable sometimes, it is just your excuse. It's almost your woe is me. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. So even when I prayed about doing what I'm doing right now, I only want to do it if it will help people understand that they could be worshiping something born out of fear that's hindering them from walking in freedom. So let me just sing a song or two right now. And you can stay like, you can stay quiet, you can stand up and whatever you, like this is really my, my, this is my heartbeat in this. I want you to sit and listen, Lord. I want you to say, God, where, where am I worshiping fear in my life? Incidentally, I want to be really careful when I say this. None of this should run over you with some sort of condemnation or guilt. Anytime God reveals, he reveals to you. Even if he shows you, he will show you how to walk out of it. He'll show you. Like, can it now decide the second? Maybe.
He might say, can you talk to me in the morning? I found that God often will reveal, uncover slowly for me. Because I'm a get her done guy, so if you show me everything right now, I'm going to go get her done. So he'll show me like, I'm confident that what he showed me last night and what I shared with you this morning is the starting line, not the finish line. So I suspect over the weeks to come, he'll give me other nuggets and share them with you. I will. And if he says, no, that's between you and me, James. I'll keep it. But I want you, this is my heart. I want you to sit and listen. Where, where am I fearful of something? Identity, success, health. I don't know what your list is. But I just want you to talk to him. And let's do that. Just whisper it to him. God, I don't know how to walk out of this. I don't know how to. He'll show you. He'll lead you in the way that you should go. One of my favorite scriptures is that the Lord orders the steps of the righteous. That's you. That's me. None of us will do life this side of heaven perfectly, you guys. Walk it out. We walk out the journey. We love Jesus. We let him out for the next step. So, Father, I want to ask that as we just take some time to focus on you and we prepare our hearts to unique this morning, my ask is that, Holy Spirit, you would speak really clearly. Anywhere any of us are placing anything particularly born out of fear in front of you, God, would you just, I pray that you stick around. Don't, don't tune out right now. This is a time like, even at home, you can go get something to take communion, a coffee and piece of toast counts. But quiet your heart with God and listen right now. Ask him to say, folks are listening. Speak, Lord.
just wanted to pose a couple thoughts before we take communion. You know, the, the next question I asked the Lord just in regard to me was, why do I fear pain? Now, I don't know what God showed you, but it would be a really good question to ask him. Rejection or poverty or whatever your issue might be, why do I fear that? Why is it that, the, that it takes such a strong place in my life because anytime the devil comes after you, something is coming you have already possess. So it's God your provider. So he's your provider, your acceptor. Yes. He'll never turn you away. Is God always with you like you're afraid of being alone? Is God always with you? He'll never forsake you. Again, I reiterate, I don't know what yours was. He said he'll be the father to the fatherless, the husband to the widow, broken. See, this is your God. He's deeper than you understand. And I'm, I'm telling you that from a real journey right now. I don't think I've ever, ever. So I share this because I want this for you. I don't want trouble. No. I want you to get the freedom because those whom the Son has set free are free indeed. We want to thank you so much that communion for us is celebrating what you did for each and every one of us on the cross. It's us remembering the fullness of your love, your fellows. The night that he took the bread, gave it to his disciples. He told them to take it and eat and to do that and remember what he did for them. Take it in remembrance of Afterwards, he took the cup and he told them this is a cup of sacrifice. It's one that will, blood that will cover all of your sins forever. It'll never sacrifice to earn God's forgiveness ever again because of the blood of Christ. Sacrifice forever. He took the cup, he blessed it, and he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink and do this in remembrance of me. Go ahead and drink. Let's stand together and let's just worship this. How great the chasm that lay between us I could not climb In despair I turned to heaven And spoke your name Into light Then through the darkness Your loving kindness through the shadow 
of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ Who could imagine Such great a mercy what heart could come such boundless grace? The God of ages down from glory to bear my and bear my shame. I spoken, I have forgiven. The King of Kings calls me His own Beautiful Savior I'm your servant Oh Jesus Christ My Lord Oh hallelujah He's the one who set me free its grip on me you have broken every chain in your name Jesus Christ my living hope then came the morning sealed the promise your buried body out of the silence The roaring Declare the grave Has no claim on me Then came the morning That sealed the body
presence of God you. May he bring freedom to some of the areas he showed you. May you walk in newness of life. And would, would God just blow you away with his goodness. God, make yourself very powerful. We pray this in the mighty name of the everybody says, Hey, God bless you. Have a Monday. Um, if you do need prayer, our prayer folks are always available to pray with you. Otherwise, we'll see you tonight for potluck and church meeting. And love you guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday.